Welcome to Real It In, the movie podcast for New Weekly. I was uh, really excited. I know, I'm really excited. Your arms were flailing. I know, they are flailing. Uh, I am Andrew. I'm Ben. I'm Will. Yeah, and today we will ta- we'll be talking about we'll the guest. Will be talking. Will will be talking about the guest. Yeah. Uh, He's our guest host today. <laughs> oh. Are you? No. No. Uh, <laughs> so, starting off, Ben, what have you been watching? Uh, so, I finished, funny enough, uh, Legion episode, no, se- season three, which is the end of Legion, and man, I it's been a long time since I've been completely satisfied in every way with an ending of a series, hmm. and this one did it. There's... Technically, stuff they didn't wrap up, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Because of reasons, but... (laughs) Reasons that you can't explain. (laughs) Yes, I can't explain or it'd be a big spoiler, but this whole series has been fantastic, and Dan Stevens, the uh, main actor of the guest, just continually knocked it out of the park with each episode, with his acting abilities. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I also randomly started up um, Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Jesse Ventura. And, yep. Uh, that is a spectacle. That was that a movie. Is, it's a, fun that fact. was a movie. Fun existed. fact, there's a Korean variety show called Running Man. <laughs> Do they run from killers? They run like in obstacles and stuff. Oh. I think anything that I say, I'm just going to ask Andrew, is there a Korean <laughs> version of this? <laughs> it's a good It's a good <laughs> thing to ask. What did you think of Running Man? You said you it, started watching Running Man. Does that mean you finished it? No, I, I finished okay. it. Yeah. it just, I came in halfway. I yeah. sat there with him and was <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh, you I were watching it, this it, movie. Like Near the end, I was kind of zoning out because this typical Schwarzenegger movies Act, back then. 80s action movie. Yeah, it, it is impressive to see how much better he's gotten as the years progress because back then like you see what he is now but then yeah predator commando running man it was bad yeah and that that movie is just i just watched kindergarten cop like which is a phenomenal it's a phenomenal movie it's a great movie (laughs) and his performance is excellent Also, Jingle All the Way. Oh, I love Jingle All the Way. I don't way. think I saw that. Really? Yeah. You definitely need to see it. It has that, Sinbad in Sinbad? it. Yeah. <laughs> I love Sinbad. <laughs> oh, man. What, what in the world happened? Like, and the, whole, <laughs> the whole movie was him trying to get that toy, toy for his son, right? Yeah. He's trying to get a toy That's because he's pro- kind of like of not the, the greatest father, and his kid wants his toy, and he's like trying to get this super popular toy, you yeah. know? And like, so it's him pretty much. And Sinbad is like, a mailman or something who's also trying to get the toy for his son and so it's like they're fighting over toys for their kids yeah. during christmas oh that sounds great that's yeah. basically uh tickle me elmo the movie yes yeah yeah i think the best one is uh the one that just pretty much parodied schwarzenegger where he came out of the movie last action hero last action hero that's a great movie with uh have you seen last action hero? i have not we should actually oh, yes. do a dive on that yeah. one um What's his name as the villain uh, from Game of Thrones, the Targaryen father? Oh yeah, Lance. That no. da- ta- dance. Yeah, dance. Something. Dancer. <laughs> dance dancer. Something dancer. 
Yeah, Lawrence, dancer, Ted Dance. Ted, da- Ted, Ted Dancing. Yeah, Ted, Ted Dancing's the villain. He was also in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Cheers. Um, I just remember him with his creepy eyes because he had yeah. a special glass eye every time he shows up. Oh, yeah. I have different. I, saw, I did see it. It was just, I was a little kid. So I don't remember it. Yeah. It's just a flesh wound. It's, it's odd. Yeah. It's an yeah. odd movie because it's a movie character of Arnold so it's like him pretending to be it's full himself Arnold. in his they're, movies yeah isn't it it's like they're in an action movie yeah. no no he yeah. comes out of the no, no no he the kid goes in and then he comes out at the end oh okay, okay. so you're trading realities yeah kind yeah of, yeah and like so the kid has to deal with like action movie stuff and he's like That's how, right. he's like how That's does anyone right. live and he's like what are you talking about and like he's getting blasted, and it's just like, no, that's no big deal. And yeah, yeah. and then like in the real world, he gets shot. It's Any like, word oh. on? Isn't there supposed to be a Kung Fury sequel? Yes, I think they just announced. Oh, they announced like two major actors are actually going to action really? actor actors are going to be in it. Gosh. I forget who they were. Um, but yeah, there's that was a full length. Great, great idea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I also saw the Invader Zim movie, and it was just more Invader Zim. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I just need to go rewatch the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big fan of Invader Zim. It's pretty funny. Very irritating voices, but very funny story. Hmm. Well, the irritating voices make it, in my opinion. The two like, main characters are always yelling. Yeah. Gur, <laughs> Gur, and... Or are you talking um, about the... Zim the, and Dim. Zim and Dim. I've yeah. never seen anything. Oh, it's of so such. great! It's super dark, yeah. and like oh. we're like, this is a kids' TV show, and it's like, there's a reason a it lot of the people last. who liked Invaders and in shop a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's mostly been my viewing experience. You're watching this last cool. week's my watchings. What about you, Will? What you I, got? I well, I watched the new episode of hard knocks okay. of course yeah, yeah. and it's a hard knock life for, for us tell me that's the theme yeah yep it is uh, and like when it cool. goes like when they're there's like banging on yeah. like steps from the original like, annie um, <laughs> <laughs> she's in it yeah she's uh she's the coach no i need like a i need a dmx <laughs> version of uh yeah hard knock hard no well you know they already did yeah. jay-z did a Hard Knock Life. Oh, he did? Yeah. What? You've never heard that song? No. Oh, man. It's, it happened. It's a real thing. <laughs> okay. Yep. Just use that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could have. Yeah. Surprised they didn't, except Jay-Z is such a, a business savvy man, they'd have to pay for oh, the nose to get it. So how was it? Uh, it was great. They're, um, I think my favorite part in the whole episode was when uh, John Gruden just is on the sidelines, randomly says to himself, I got to stop cussing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because he knows he's being filmed? Maybe? or just Oh, he knows. He, man, he lets it fly. Yeah. Good Lord. He's like in the team meeting and he's like, guys, I need to see some better execution. I need to see mm-hmm. some better effing execution. <laughs> and they're all just like sitting in a room and he's just yelling. <laughs> At you know morning team meeting, the dude is so intense. I I love it, but I'm also like, holy smokes, for your I health, wonder, man, calm down. 
I wonder if that's where Letter Kenny got that because anytime they go to the the hockey rink and the coach comes in, he's it's just like that. He's just always yelling at them. Yeah, swearing yeah. Well, and stuff. Man, it's coaches, football yeah. coaches, just are in not. general. Yeah, yeah even and though hockey coaches, I imagine yeah. Gruden's a pretty smart person. Uh, he's just he's very fiery, mm-hmm. um, but he. It seems like a controlled fire, like he does it intentionally, but man, he's just, he's on edge and he's intense <laughs> and he wants to win and he wants to kill everybody's dreams. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> Hard Knocks. <laughs> that's about what I have to say about cool. that. I love the show, but yeah. uh, I also watched a very fascinating documentary on Netflix that just came out called The Family. Hmm. And it's... Um, it is about uh, a, a group called the C Street group or something. It It's, well, uh, I'll try to not do it in chronological way they present it because what it actually is is there's a guy called uh, uh, Doug Coe who co-founded like the National Prayer Breakfast. And it's about this like secret Christian group that has like kind of underground influence politics in the u.s as well really? as around the world and like you have uh like they show clips of uh ronald reagan um uh george bush senior bill clinton and george uh, w like all mentioning doug co and thanking him for his mentorship and stuff and so and at one point like the the c street group was like this house of Christian senators that like live together and like Steve Largent, the uh, wide receiver for the Seahawks, like the most famous Seahawk pretty Mm. much. um, He was a part of that and lived there for a time. And so it's, it was really interesting. Um, It's kind of based on a book that a guy wrote that got invited to be a part of like one of their little groups. And he kind of, you're not really supposed to talk about it, but he kind of came out of it and just decided to write about it. And it's a weird thing. I think it's really informative and it, sh- it does a good job of showing like the good and the bad. The guy that wrote the book, I feel like he's reaching a little too far for like a conspiracy story. And I get that sense. And like, I don't really know what to make of the conclusion, but it's extremely fascinating hmm. nonetheless, just because it's like, oh, this is a real thing that happened that not many people know about yeah yeah, it just i i didn't know about it and it's been around since the 30s um but the uh they they go into pretty good detail about like what happens at the national prayer breakfast and how it's kind of this big network like a lot of uh, international people like a lot of russians end up going there and um yeah it it just kind of shows um, a lot of the culture dynamics and what they're trying to accomplish and how they do it. And it's hmm. definitely worth a watch. It's pretty eye opening, and I still I still don't really know what I think about it. But it um, I think overall I really like Doug Coe. I think he hmm. uh, had some admirable um, intentions. Okay. So but, it didn't uh, seem nefarious. Not really. I mean, I maybe that's they meant when, it that when way. When you started talking, like the family is like, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what he called it. Because what he wanted to do was like he formed a non-organization, basically, is what he called it. And I think the reason why Doug Coe was able to kind of be the unspoken father of it for decades was because he didn't seek any attention or fame for himself. He wanted to stay behind the scenes and unknown. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. which is probably why he never had a falling out or, you know, when people get put up on a pedestal, they usually come down in not such great ways. Yep. But, uh, yeah. And then the other thing I watched <laughs> was uh, I finished the season three of Glow. Okay. And I'm really impressed with what they've done with that show. And they've really been able to kind of go more detailed with all the characters. And there's a lot of characters to to do. Some, I think, have more shallow lines. Uh, like in the 80s, you know, they kind of have to touch a lot on like the gay rights mm-hmm. thing, which... I think is important to see how that plays out or kind of what, you know, people in that culture had experienced. But I also sometimes think that it gets in the way of like, like that is your entire character. That's your whole character. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's not a whole lot more than you just trying to understand what it is to be gay. You know, I, I don't, you know, and that's kind of, but like when you're, you know, writing about 12 people or eight people or whatever, it's like, you can only go so deep. So I don't know. It's kind of like good with the bad, I guess, give and take. But um, the, the main characters, everything I think goes in a, an interesting direction. I don't know if I like it necessarily, but I'm really impressed with how well they were able to write cool. and, and not just end it or get stuck. Like I, kind of, I kind of enjoy that when sometimes when it's like, they're going in a direction you don't want to go, but it's written so well that you don't mind it. In a yeah, way. like yeah. it's like you know what you know they seem they seem like they know what they're doing, so I trust. Mm-hmm. Instead of where it's like you're going in a terrible direction and it's being written terribly, like what's yeah. going on? Like like most of the Marvel stuff besides yeah. Daredevil. Yes. Yeah, I think I just like don't like it when someone runs out of ideas or inspiration, but yeah. because. It's a moneymaker. They have to keep pumping out something. Correct. And that yeah. happens all the time. All the time. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much uh, what my experience was this week. Cool. Uh, yeah, I just watched more of Harari's <laughs> Bed and Breakfast. Finished season one. Now I'm on season two. Uh, Is there a Korean version of that? Uh, yeah, it's called Harari's Bed and Breakfast. Oh, I thought you'd know. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same. This time it's in winter instead of the last time it was in summer. So uh, things have changed, and they interact. With, it's, <laughs> so it's much cold has now. changed. Well, no, like they actually have to interact with the guests more because what was happening is the guests were coming and like dropping out their stuff and then going. Uh, where they live is essentially like the Hawaii of Korea. So it's like you come here and it's like a vacation. Um, is that North very, Korea? No. Yes. <laughs> yeah, North Korea. Yeah, North know, Korea. Like a vacation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so people coming here, like they get snowed into this place and like there's no like r- real roads that lead to their house because they're kind of like in the countryside. And so like their guests get snowed in. So it's like more of they interact with the people more. And so it's been really interesting mm-hmm. seeing that uh, of where it doesn't seem what did they do awkward. in the summer like, go play outside yeah like literally like they come and the people are like yeah we'll drop our stuff up before going to the beach and like they just oh, take okay. off for the whole day um i'm sure there's places to visit yeah. well we, we like don't i said it's the hawaii that, of cultural <laughs> we go to the beach places. in like november yeah. just like well that's because the we beach live, is awesome we live in the we Northwest. love the rain and like when the <laughs> sand hits your face and it stings yeah. and all that and then yeah. you can like go dig a hole in the ground and grab a razor clam and put it in a bucket and cook it up our beaches suck here so it's yeah. fine. 
unless you're a surfer and then they're awesome but actually yeah yeah uh so no that's been fun uh they had uh one of the members of girls generation you know just one of them highest like one of the biggest girl k-pop groups um in korea and right what i find fascinating is how you ever heard a sigh (laughs) <laughs> you be quiet. <laughs> uh, what I find fascinating is how the people interact with them, because, like, I'm trying to picture people here of meeting celebrities, and it's just like super crazy, and it's like, oh, I need to ask you all these questions, blah blah, blah. and like they meet these people, and it's super chill, hmm. um, and it, and I've seen that also in like any time I've seen just like Korean celebrities vlog or anything and someone meets them in person and they're like, Oh, are you so-and-so? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, it's really cool to meet you. <laughs> it's like, and that just that culture is the Korean celebrity culture is so normalized of yeah, we, it's America puts them. On yeah. Such we put them on pedestals that and, it's kind of disturbing. Well, in like their royalty, Korea puts our celebrities on pedestals, but like mm. Korean celebrities are just, you know, it's, it's their job. Do you, I wonder so. if it has anything to do with just being so much smaller? Yeah. In the, in the country, like, everybody's kind of, you're more likely to see somebody. Mm-hmm. And, like, being in a Korean movie is different than being in a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Like, entirely different. Like, they dream of being in an American movie mm. versus, you know, if you're in a Korean movie, oh, that's cool, you're an actor. Um, And it's, it is interesting. And it's so much because it is it is a corporation, like, the entertainment industry so much and less more like an art form of like oh, okay. I go to to become a trainee in acting or music and so it's like it's your job like literally I'm going to work I have these schedules like this is my job whereas here it's like yeah I have work of like I'm on this movie but it's like it seems more of a elevated working in a way like we have more put them privileged on. yeah yeah which is funny because the original ones were slaves. Really? The the actors, actors, yeah. Like yeah. that's why they have the bow. It's because they were bowing to their masters that oh. they just entertained them. Yep. Wow. Good to It's know. funny Good how know how high yeah. that has status has raised. But yeah, it's so it's it is really interesting of just how when people meet them. It's just like, oh, you're just not yeah. slaves, just no, ser- uh, like, servants. yeah, like servants. court jesters, yeah. kind of, yeah. yep, yeah. yeah. But so yeah, really cool stuff. That's literally what I've been watching. All oh, you watched <laughs> because I come like I get home at like eleven. <laughs> it's just like I put it on and it helps me fall asleep because it's so chill. There's no drama. There's nothing happening. You have to read, man. Yeah, read what. Oh, subtitles? Yeah. I've been doing this for so long that reading subtitles mm. with uh, while watching something is almost second nature. Like, I put subtitles on video games. There's times with TV shows that I'll just put subtitles on because I can't hear the dialogue. So like, He watched all of the uh, 007 movies, and every one of them he had subtitles on. I had on. subtitles on, yeah. And just, I've watched, there was a show called White Collar, and... I watched it with subtitles on because for some reason the dialogue levels just everything else around it was so loud. And so like I had to keep it low level and then I couldn't hear what they were saying. So I just had subtitles on. Hmm. Also good to have for Daredevil. 
I just put on headphones and crank it. Well, now I use headphones and it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> and one day you'll need the subtitles. I surprisingly have good hearing and yeah. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, me either. I have in-ear headphones that I use every, all the time, but I still have pretty good hearing. Yeah, I have bad hearing. What? Yeah. So that is it for things we've watched. Um, I don't have a game of what you know, movie of the week or question of the week. It's it's probably source code. It. You You know what's funny is I thought about (laughs) doing doing one, and I was going to make it source code just so I could have it in there because I know he's never going to do source code uh so we are going to be talking about the guest which is a 2014 action crime comedy directed by adam wingard and written by simon barrett uh it stars dan stevens sheila kelly micah i think it's micah micah monroe joel david moore brendan meyer and lance reddick uh the reason you might not know those other people (laughs) other than like dan stevens and lance reddick is because this movie was made for for five million dollars like it was a very small budget they spent it all on that halloween maze at the end at the very (laughs) end yeah uh the film's premise is a soldier introduces him uh himself uh who is played by dan stevens to the peterson family um claiming to be a friend of their son who died in action after the young man is welcomed into their home a series of accidental deaths seem to be connected to his presence uh initial thoughts uh will Today was your first time seeing this movie. I saw it moments ago. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's it is a balance of ridiculous and intriguing. Yes, like uh, I the like the setup is really kind of hokey, very B movie ish. Mm-hmm. Like I, I at first I was like, gosh, these actors aren't very good, and even Dan <laughs> Stevens is. Passable, but yeah. not really. His one, his one liners are just fantastic. The way he kind of delivers it with a smile, yeah, all the time. Like, it's overly, like, what, are you, what are you doing? Overly charming mm-hmm. southerner. Like, well, I, and I didn't really buy him as a southerner, but as it progresses, you kind of start to understand what's really going on. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is like the entire time you sense that everything's on the surface and there's something underlying, but you don't really understand what is going on beneath mm-hmm. the surface and uh it plays out in very entertaining and really cleverly w- written ways mm-hmm. um like when they go uh into the principal's office so like dan Ste- or uh the the David. mother's son gets in trouble for like smacking a kid with a ruler mm-hmm. over the face and our yardstick and he's about to get expelled and he goes into talk to the principals you know uh, uh to you know talk about their kid being expelled and i was like well, how are they gonna how's he gonna get him out of this and they did it in a very clever way mm-hmm. and they wrote they wrote a smart character smartly so yes. i always appreciate I, that i think that's why i loved about his character is like his v- character was very capable he was very yeah. calculated and it's amazing how much attention they put into the psychological cues Mm -hmm. you know even just like gosh the way he would kind of win over every member of the family who Mm -hmm. was skeptical and like with the even the friends pick up on any of their problems that they were having yeah well and like the the teenage uh the daughter 
well, she's 20, I guess mm-hmm. she, uh, you know, he comments on her music and was like, you know, I like this music. And he, it's like, he would figure out what little thing would kind of get by their loyalty, their trust you know, immediately. Yeah. And it was all very kind of realistic. I mean, it does simplify those external characters slightly, but, um, Overall, I thought it was is very well written, very clever, very mm-hmm. entertaining. Like, uh, gosh, very strange, strange, mm-hmm. odd movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Overall, really good, but kind of like not to be taken too seriously. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. They did. They did write it to be a comedy of sorts. Like, and that's yeah. what I was telling you. It is a when before you saw it, I was like, it is a dark comedy. Like where you're you're not sure if you should be laughing but like you're you just find the situation yeah hilarious like that or and, awesome yeah you know and i i mean the first time i saw i loved that bar scene like that's incredible yeah like the way he planned every drink like mm-hmm. he ordered a fireball because yeah. he knew he was going to throw it in that guy's <laughs> eyes <laughs> like it's just so good and then you have ben's favorite line is the uh, Cash is easy to get. Cash is easy to get. <laughs> Cash is easy to come back. Just his, yeah. his lines like, who, yeah. who are you? I'm a friend of the family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you have the climactic, crazy maze. Like yeah. you're talking about the, Hall- <laughs> the Halloween maze. That was the thing. I was like, in uh, small town. Yeah. Yeah. High City. school puts together this <laughs> elaborate maze. As he's being hunted by like SWAT members, like not SWAT members, like government uh, agents. Yeah. And yeah. And then burning the house just down. Lands. And then him uh Oh, I mean up to that point, like yeah. he's being hunted in. And then yeah, and then he leaves, like he he survives at the end. And, you know, walks away. <laughs> yeah, which I think is absolutely what needed to happen. Yeah. I was yeah. so happy to see that. Yeah, so uh some trivia on it is according to the director, the original rough cut of the movie was 20 minutes longer uh, because it had scenes that explained exactly what David is. Oh, yeah. uh, however, the test audience felt like it was too much of an info dump. Um, yeah, I can and, see that. I and, like how they kept it, yeah. kept and it both, vague. Both the director and the screenwriter admitted they hated putting those scenes in and were very mm-hmm. happy that the test audience didn't like it. That's cool. Um, I Which is... It, it's interesting to see that that's how directors and writers think now of like, I have to put this in because people will complain that they don't know what's going on and like they hate that they have to do it, which and is it's interesting because there's so many movies that that so their yeah. their test audience must have sucked and been idiots because like uh, what was the lesson? The nun. When yeah. in, in the middle of it, it just, of it, it dump. just dumped everything. It's just like, what is going on? Yeah. So and people like Stranger Things season three. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, like um, Hobbs and Shaw, like I was talking about, we're just like, now we're just getting an info dump right before a critical moment in the movie. Cool. And it's just like, they just Well, the do test that. audience for that. Uh, is, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes they sense. They didn't care. That makes they sense. Yeah, why well, they that's care. true. <laughs> I would say the test audience for The Nun also probably. Yeah, was probably not. Like, I do remember the scene where Lance Reddick is explaining to the girl mm-hmm. what uh, what what he and is. And it, 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 it kind of, it. I think that was important because of the fact that he all of a sudden just kills the mother and father. And you're like, this is completely different than how he was acting before. But it's 
because he's programmed to do that. Yeah, I just, I think what it felt to me is like this guy wouldn't actually probably explain things to this girl. No, yeah, no. And they used that just to inform the audience. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's, uh, you have to do that's that, as, I guess. That's but as far as you could go, yeah. Yeah, like that's not how that would happen, but I get why you needed to do that. Yeah. And uh, just the, the like, the vagueness of him, like he doesn't seem to sleep. And yeah, yeah. Nothing seems to hurt him much. <laughs> so yeah. at the Halloween party, a guest can be seen seen wearing a fox mask uh, that was worn by one of the home invaders in this duo's the filmmakers' previous movie called You're Next. Hmm. Um, and the person wearing that mask is actually Steve Moore, the composer for the movie. Oh, wow. and so yeah, the composer was in that scene. And uh, I think it's in her room. There's one of the masks from Hotline Miami, and they use yeah. one of the songs from Hotline Miami yeah. at the end scene. And there's a ton of there's a so ton a of, of the uh, Halloween references oh, okay. uh, because the, the well no 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 the ha- Halloween uh, yes <laughs> uh, Halloween three and yeah. four specifically actually um, because the composer used a lot of the same synthesizer effects that John Carpenter used from Halloween three. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy the actor from the eBay commercials was in it. Oh, he was? <laughs> yeah. He was the, the guy that, uh, the friend that gave him the gun hookup. Okay. And Ethan Embry was the guy selling the guns. Who I don't know. Maybe you guys aren't familiar no. with him. I've always liked Ethan Embry. Hmm. But yeah, he, he played in uh, movies in the 90s. Like uh, Empire Records was probably the most okay. His I know that Daniel really liked He was that in movie. That Thing You Do. He was the bass player. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, in close-ups of Dan Stevens' face, uh, he doesn't blink ever uh, when they do a close-up. Uh, it's to emphasize the strange, unsettling aspect of David. Of just like, it's like you were saying, like one of those psychotic things that he does. Like he never sleeps, blah, blah, blah. He never blinks. It's just like... He can put yeah. away a bunch of alcohol and be fine yeah and it's like what are you like who are you (laughs) yeah you can get you can smoke some weed and just be normal yeah uh the film was intentionally structured as a horror film uh with the pace of a thriller which would make sense when you were saying it was like a b-horror kind of feel to it yeah uh it was intentionally structured that way okay um and then they had the underlining you're like something's off here with like a thriller uh aspect throughout the movie yeah, the I, I just kind of remember like the actors felt amateurish, mm-hmm. like actors that I've been around and what I've seen where people are like trying to make the most of their role when it really isn't called for. And there's a chance that also was just the case because they were n- like no name actors. Yeah, well, like the the dad in particular, but it's funny because he, he was in Alien Four. <laughs> was he? I'll have you know. Well. <laughs> In the later scenes, you kind of find out that he's just kind of a weird dude yeah. in general. And I actually liked the way he played it. But when you're being introduced to him without any context, yeah. it's like a little strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Dan Stevens first met with the filmmakers, he had just lost 30 pounds to star in a movie called A Walk Among the Tombstones. And the filmmakers were worried that his uh, because of his appearance, because it was almost like Christian Bale in The Machinist. Really? Like, he was that skinny. 
uh, and they were looking for Christian Bale and Batman Begins. Uh, <laughs> like, that's how they put it. Uh, he promised, though, uh, that he would work out and bulk up for the role uh, since he really, really wanted the role. And he did. Um, yeah, so after casting, the shooting was three months after casting. He worked out every single day for two hours a day for three months straight, um, even during the shooting, um, to eventually put on 25 pounds of muscle. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, specifically to get his six-pack so for, that can, one scene. for that one scene, which was the last scene shot in the movie. Uh, because oh, they wanted his, yeah. they wanted his optimum condition, like because since he was working out throughout the whole shooting, uh, they wanted you know this is the last scene. Peak. Yep, uh, peak it was specimen. this. It was the scene that they spent the most time on in the whole movie was getting that shot. He every time they would do it, he would down a, I think a glass of diet coke, and then do a hundred push-ups and a hundred sit-ups right before the shot. So it would get that veiny, dehydrated kind oh, okay. of look to it. Um, so that way, yeah. And they just spent yeah. so much time trying to do that. Part of me likes that and part of me make just makes me sick because I'm like, you found one moment yeah. where you looked good. Yeah. And the rest of the time, <laughs> you're normal. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, uh, which they use that scene in the trailers. They used it for promotional uh, material of that shirtless yeah. scene. like. They specifically wanted that. That scene was sculpted. Well, like that's they, like uh, Chris Pratt when he, you know, finally broke out as yeah. like the sexiest man of the year or whatever. It's like he'll explain it to you. And he's like, it's like eight months of hard work. You're like a flower just waiting to <laughs> bloom. And then there's that one moment yeah. where you're at your peak and then it they capture it and then it all goes away. It all goes away. Yeah. It's like uh, all the all the actors for 300 they yeah. worked out yeah. so <laughs> much for that yeah. for that movie, and then they're just fine now. Yeah, yeah. which and Dan Stevens he went on to be in Legion, and he looks completely different completely because different. he's just normal. Yeah, oh really? Like no yeah. muscle. So they originally wanted Stevens because they wanted they deliberately wanted to cast someone who was left out of left field for this role. Hmm. Uh, who before Dan Stevens, the only thing he is known for was being a highbrow Englishman in Downton Abbey. Oh, I didn't um, know he was in yeah. that. Yeah, and okay. so like he was even kind of chubbier uh, in mm. it. And so th- he was actually happy to do this role because then it would get that image out of his kind of chubbier image. Well, I thought, yeah, heads. like his appearance was perfect because he was supposed to be overtly charming mm-hmm. and he's so pretty. Like yeah. he is, it, I mean, honestly, you look at him, you're like, really? Are you... Are you a real person? Because you're just like perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, and so the original script was much more serious with a revenge story that involved a soldier returning from war and suffering from PTSD. Uh, and then he comes up with a revenge plot for a f- to take on a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was scrapped. Um, the screenwriter was writing it. He didn't like it, so he scrapped it. And then he talked about it with the director and the director was like, oh, like we should do it this way. And so he then went back to it and rewrote it uh, and came up with this script here. Yeah. And I think where this movie really shines is the development of the story and how it kind of unfolds. I don't think it's the story in and of itself, because mm-hmm. like after the conclusion, after you find out kind of what he is, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. It's almost like 
I thought they were going to like make him an alien or something. So there is one script out there where he was a cyborg. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's kind of, uh, I don't know, reminiscent of like waking up from a dream kind of writing technique. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't super impressed by that in particular, but it was the way they executed, I thought was pretty excellent. And the way that he is seems like the whole time he's defending this family mm-hmm. and yeah. trying and to make their life snaps. Yeah, trying to make their life better, but he's also yeah. he has no he's has no emotions, so he'll just do stuff. Yeah. It's uh even if it's horrible. Yeah, not understanding the context of what, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse effect. Who would you want Jesse Eisenberg to uh, be in this the, movie? The guy that from the eBay commercials. Yeah. Uh honestly I, I would like <laughs> I think him as the, the gun dealer would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I go with the son <laughs> just <laughs> because he's such a piece of crap. <laughs> I but, thought the son was really good actually. Yeah. I was surprised with his acting. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just yeah. he's so such a wimpy character at first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I was first turned on to this movie because uh, the sister was in another film, It Follows, which we'll eventually cover because I Is also... Is she the friend? Really, she, no, she's the main character. I also really enjoy that movie. But uh, a friend of mine, she had, she watched It Follows and it's like, oh, hey, that's from that's the actor from The Guest. And it's like, what's that? Oh. I, I hadn't heard about yeah. it at all. And then I put it on. I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. I got to show everybody. Yeah. yeah. I liked the intricacy to certain details that they put in there, uh, particularly with her. Mm. The choice of decor in her bedroom, I thought, said a lot about her character. And it was very unique, very distinct. But also just the music choice of of uh, her mix CDs kind of. Mm-hmm. It was very uh, consistent with the type of person she was. I actually do think you might like it follows yeah um it is a horror movie but it's like it's one of those subtle horror movies where it's like the premise is horror but there's very little jump scares yeah and so it's like it's very much a and it's also a kind of like how cabin in the woods is a look at horror films this is also kind of like that Hmm. yeah like the the slasher genre it looks at that yeah it's a really good movie yeah, she's in that, and uh, you know the the incredible Independence Day resurgence. <laughs> oh, she is in that. She's the she? president's daughter. Oh, she's president's daughter, man. And this I don't remember that movie. This director also directed the phenomenal Blair Witch remake with oh, uh, famous actor James Allen McCoon. <laughs> James Allen McCoon. <laughs> That's a joke from a YouTube series, uh, YouTube channel. Well, you guys have any other initial thoughts on the guest? Bang bang, uh, Lance Reddick. I really like him, but he has such because of his back problems. He has such a weird posture, and when he, I think it's funny when he holds his gun yeah. out and it's like here at his at his <laughs> hip. He it was that way in John Wick three as well. Mm-hmm. Like you know when he has a gun, and you're like he like you look awkward holding a gun. <laughs> he holds something major in like yeah. the top half of his back, and so he's always kind of. Crouch, not crouching. It's like shrugged. scrunch, shrug, yeah. shrunk, shrugging, shrugging. Yeah. But he's a really tall and very interesting looking guy. And he's a great actor. Yeah, I love his just his voice. 
And like you were saying, in John Wick, he's an entirely different character. Yeah. Than his other his his role in this is more the role that like the head of some agency is what I see him as. Yeah. Because of like Fringe and Quantum yeah. Break, he's that way. Yeah. Do you carry that knife everywhere? <laughs> yeah. Why? Just in case. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, so this has been reel it in. Oh, you were going to say the when he was trying to tell the like give the kid advice and it's like somebody somebody <laughs> was so like bullies you you just you stab them and you go and burn down their family's houses and well, watch he, he was like you take this knife and if they bully you you stab them but if they beat you up and they you get rid of the knife well then you can just sneak at night and go burn down their family's <laughs> houses with them inside <laughs> and the kids are just like Okay. And then he just like gives him a thumbs. <laughs> I just loved like he just gave him some great fatherly. Advice. Yeah, and then and then at this end when yeah. they could do at the end when, <laughs> when you he stabs him, he's just like, yeah, did good. He did good. But I just love because I walked in as you guys were Indian. But I love the scene where she's like, he's like, he's coming to kill us, and he's like, no, 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 he would never do that. He killed mom and dad. No, you're, you're just saying <laughs> you're just saying that. <laughs> it's just like what? Yeah, you. I heard you, but do your like that stupid laugh. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, so this has been Real It In. Uh, if you want to find us online, you can find us at Real It In or Nerd Weekly on Facebook, Nerd Weekly Cast on Twitter, and Nerd Weekly Podcast on Instagram. Nerd.weekly.forever uh, gmail dot com. Uh, you can find me at Lebearded Cooper on Instagram. Find me at, at nomaco 2 on Twitter. I am at Willie B. Snazzy on Instagram. Yes. I almost said YouTube. Right. <laughs> I'm on there, too. Uh, we're all on, we're on the YouTubes. On the well, YouTube. it's been a good time. See you guys later. Uh-huh.